What's happening, people? Welcome back. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike. <clears throat> excuse me. Here with Jay and McLean. Back for another night. Um, how's everyone doing out there, guys? Doing all right? Wonderful. It's great cold. to be here. Excited to be here. There we go. That's good. That's good. McLean, you're not allowed to talk about the cold weather ever again. Dude, I, I had to get a space heater out. I, I I thought these things were worthless. I thought I needed to leave them in Charlotte. Thank God I didn't. I'm getting ready to mute you. <laughs> God, you in the freaking cold weather. Bullshit. Brutal. <laughs> it is bullshit. You're not supposed to happen down here, pal. I, I'm I'm really I feel really bad for yeah. you. Tony Reality, are you gonna you gonna mute me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what's everyone drinking tonight? I'm on the grape. I, I, I You're am, grapes uh, again? Going grapes, huh? Nice. Wow. Look at you. It's it's been corona light for the last like 24 shows. Don't worry, it'll be corona light in about 15 minutes. <laughs> That's a good move. Yeah, you always got to finish with corona light. Without question. That's a Corona light is, is you and you sit outside during our pod for our listeners. McLean lives in Florida. I'm not going to tell you exa- his exact location, but he is in Florida and it's usually warm. And I will say that Corona Corona light is the best outside beer that you can possibly have. In my opinion, like if I'm on the beach and we're playing bocce, we're playing the Frisbee game, we're playing the whatever game we're playing. If I've got a Corona in my hand, I'm happy. You guys lime guys lime on the Corona. Yeah, sometimes. I, I, yeah, I, I, I will never turn one down, but yeah. I have. I don't cut them. Um, like I don't have an active lime cut right now. I do have limes. So if someone's here and they want a lime with it, or if yeah. I'm in that random move, uh, Tori likes it, which is actually kind of cool because for the first time since we met, Tori is now drinking beer again because Corona, hey. Corona Light is basically gluten-free. It's not labeled gluten-free, hmm. but it, it registers – as gluten-free if you actually look at the gluten levels which most mexican lagerism we found that out i don't know how long ago but it'd been a little while but all of a sudden she's like wait a second i can drink hmm. beer again so I didn't know that. she's back on it she hey. prefers limes but i'll drink you know out of a hundred i'll have 20 of them with a lime nice uh, cool. yeah light weekend it's like the only beer i'll put a lime in or fruit in I yeah guess. Well, I will say a Corona. I, I definitely want to lime it. A Corona Light, but they're they're just sneaky good. Jay, they're so good. As a matter of fact, I started drinking them indoors too. Uh, you even you've moved indoors with it's the Corona Light. Super odd, super odd. But I got inside, opened it, and I was like, man, this is great <laughs> outdoors. It does not suck indoors. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm I love them. I I think they're great. For playing golf is it's as good as it gets. What are you sipping on? Me? I've got I'm I'm dipping into my my uh nice stock of EH Taylor. Mm. Uh, it's just it's just damn good. I don't it's know. It's really damn good. It. It's just good. And like I just was in a mood to get some nice some nice shit. So here we are. There you go. Yeah. How about how you? many bottles? How many bottles do you have? I've got one or two more left under the cabinet. Mm. Very nice. I am on uh, Old Forester. Oh, nineteen. Very nice. Very nice. There you go, McLean. Your mic's working better now. No, the best part is like it's working at all now because before <laughs> um, it wasn't turned it, on. 
No, it was turned on. It just was not selected. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm on Old Forester, uh, 1910. It is fantastic. It's really good. Sneaky good. Not talked about a lot, but sneaky good. So that's yeah. what I'm on. That's yeah. what I'm on tonight. Old Forester is a great. That's a great, great company. They 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 will throw out some really good, really good bourbons. That Old Forester birthday. They've got a birthday edition that's incredible a bunch of different years i mean yeah. but all of them are the birthday bourbon they have is good really good yeah. so i figure we got to do a little football to start it was a incredible incredible weekend of football and um, and we'll get to this in a second sorry amx express i didn't see a lot of it because i was watching football yeah. And I got, I got some thoughts on that too in a minute here, but so I got a thought on that. You you need to add a TV. <laughs> That's the trick. Okay. That's the trick. Yeah. That's a good I mean, solution. Get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like something like that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's Buddy, a really that's a really good. I, I'll say this. So it's so funny. I start. I I was stealing Tori's computer screen. Um, for the longest time, because it's a it's a her second screen, and it's a it's basically just a little LG TV. So as you guys know, I like to do Sunday Fun Day at my house. We do football, and when the golf was on during the fall, I kept stealing her screen. Finally, I, I as a Christmas present, talked my wife into let me add a second TV to the back porch. And buddy, I, I don't think I could live without it. <laughs> it's so nice having the ability to watch, like right now. Virginia Tech's playing North Carolina and Texas Tech is playing Kansas. I want to watch both games. Now you can. And I can. Yeah. Now you can. That but may, when the uh, Masters is on, you want to watch the Masters and with multiple coverage. I will say now with the new ESPN plus PGA Tour live coverage, I've been rolling featured holes and featured groups out here because this is where I work too. And um again, pleased. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'll I'll have to look into that. Uh, there may or may not be a new house in my future, and so that might have to go into the plans for the. Uh, oh well, yeah. I, I do it. I do it cheap. It's uh, some cheap high sense Walmart TVs. That nice. when one of them breaks, you just go get another one. I'm not. I'm not. This isn't high dollar shit here. This is you know the Redneck Riviera. Welcome to Florida. <laughs> uh, I've actually started saying what the Florida, and Tori's been a big fan of that. I'm glad she is. Wow. That was that was met. I was met with a different response than I was expecting. So, all right, move on. Proceed. So, but the football was remarkable. Um, I mean, every game was thrilling. Came down to the end. You had the first three games were last second field goals, and then the other game was the most incredible finish I've ever seen. And then goes to overtime. I yeah, I don't. It was. I will say the kid here lost a little bit of money because fucking Buffalo can't defend 13 seconds. They just like gave up. I thought I was a shoe and I picked all four underdogs, all four road teams, straight up money line, parlayed them. You should have known that that was not going to happen. I hit Cincy. I hit the Niners. I hit the Rams and I thought I was getting ready to hit the bills. I'm like, oh, you bet the Rams against your boyfriend. I bet with my head, not with my heart. I was rooting for Brady. I was watching I, the, the game. I was actually rooting for Brady. The biggest, the biggest pick that you made was the 49ers to beat the the Packers. That was the biggest gamble. 
Yeah. Well, you. you know, you know my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. He's a choking yes. fucking dog. The and, guy's a fraud. And if and we he, haven't learned that yet, he is a complete <laughs> fraud. <laughs> well, he sure certainly showcased that. It was he. He went down the first drive. They went down and scored, and I was like, "This is this is game is over." And then after that, it was like a standstill. Like they didn't yeah. do anything. Well, it's funny. I went to go bet the Rams, and I was just looking at the line. And I'm sitting there going, "Tom Brady only giving up three points in the playoffs." You'd be fucking dumb to bet the opposite side of it, even though I thought the Rams was the bet, and it was absolutely was Rams plus three was the absolute bet, and it's easy, it's very easy to say that after the fact. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but right now I feel pretty certain about that. Um, other than that, though, it it was one of those things, but it, it's just it's very difficult to bet against someone with his record. Well, the reason, especially late in the game, and then when I'm watching late in the game. Because we had, I was cooking and I had the TV on inside and I had everyone was out here and my TV was like 45 seconds fast. I'm in there celebrating. Those motherfuckers were so mad at me, but it was <laughs> so much fun. Cause I'm like, he's coming back. Tommy, Tommy, you know, the whole time that, that also didn't go over well. No, that didn't go well, no. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was still, it's, it's tough to take the opposite side of a great one in a, uh, in a moment that he has historically shined and, and the fourth quarter, what he did late. But it was still incredibly impressive. Well, the reason I, I bet the Rams there was because they have the recipe. They play defense the way you need to to beat Tom Brady. They can get pressure with four because they have an incredible defensive line with uh, Miller and Donald and uh, what's that other guy? Um, but And they have some good cornerbacks. They have the exact way to beat Tom Brady. Get pressure with four, drop seven in the coverage. He had some offensive line issues injuries it was already down godwin already down brown i was like this is the perfect scenario for him to be beaten right here is yeah. how la right, plays right, defense right tackles down yeah uh their uh, center he, he, he center came back up. but was banged up and backup yeah. right tackle tackle was was hurt as well yeah um, so it was just i was rooting i was actually rooting for brady i would have it wasn't a, a massive wager that I had put down. Um, I would have much preferred to lose the wager and see Brady win. Um, but to try to win money, I was I was betting with my head there. So I thought thought I was right. And then fucking Buffalo again. I wasn't even rooting for Buffalo because I hate Buffalo. Sorry, Jay Lindell. Him and I him and I exchanged a few words this afternoon. Um, I, I like Buffalo. They're always the underdog, man. They always lose. Like how can I you don't not like pull Josh, Josh Allen's a douche. And what? His, I his, just like Bill's mafia. Why his, is this guy douche? Sean McDermott's is, a hardo. McDermott's a great coach. He's a he, he is, is a good coach, but he's a hardo. He's a great coach. But what has Josh Allen done? I like I like Mahomes like? and Reed way better. I respect those guys more than what what has like Josh Allen done though. that you don't like? Like he's, a, well, he a, thinks a, he thinks he's done a lot. He's pretty, pretty damn good. He is pretty damn good. Win something. I, well, I mean that that that's contingent he was impressive. on a lot of other factors. He was very, I mean, the very guy impressive. is like he is pretty much like carried this poor ass team to the last three years to. Some uh, I don't know. They are they are a pretty talented team. They got the number one defense in football. They got Diggs and Beasley. And Dawson Knox and the, the, who are those guys? Gabriel Davis had had four touchdowns yesterday. Well, and who and who? I mean, he was that was Josh Allen. A lot of this because he can. Yeah, Josh he Allen was great. Pro. I don't. He he just bothers me. He bothers me. I don't like him. 
he's a he's a division rival. You think I'm gonna like them? No, I don't like. No, him. but you gotta res- you gotta respect. You he, gotta play, respect. he played great. McDermott's a, a tool. He's just he's always crying at officials. His face turns beat red. He's always I feel yelling. Like, I feel like McDermott and McVeigh are like the same guy. In my opinion. Um, yeah, McVeigh's way more attractive though. He's got his thing together, you know. <laughs> I don't care about <laughs> I don't care about how attractive they are, but I feel like they're the same kind of guy. Although McDermott's a little bit more defensive mind has a little bit more of a defensive mindset with whereas yeah, McVeigh's McVeigh's uh all about uh, offensive offense. genius. Yeah. But no, Anyways. they were they were great games. I mean, I I was obviously pulling, I love watching you know, Tom Brady do pull shit out of thin air, you know? And I, I was sitting there watching like the, the chain of events that happened. You're like, this cannot be real. Like, are they really, they're, they're going to do this again. And in all honesty, um, they probably would have had, they not had whitehead defensive back there for the Tampa Bay bucks, not made a, a, just an absolute, terrible mistake like the number one mistake at the end of the game and i don't even care it doesn't matter if you played football it, you know when you watch a football game if you are invested and you do a little bit of research you understand if a team's got 60 to 70 yards to go with a couple seconds left what's the only way that you can lose the game the only way that you can lose a game is get beat deep and as a as a defensive back and i'm sure someone will probably chime in and say well you don't know this and you don't know this and uh, and that's fine. And you can say that what I don't, but you're all wrong. No matter what you say. Oh, by the no way, he's what, the best receiver no matter, in the game. No matter what excuse that you come up with as to why it was okay that he got beat deep, you're wrong because the number one rule at the end of the game, the only way that you're going to lose is to get beat deep. And not only that, but it's to the number one receiver, one of the top five receiving seasons that any receiver has ever had. It might be number you're, one. It might be number one. Obviously, won the triple crown, only been done three times prior. You're going to let this guy cross your face and run down the middle of the field and catch a Hail Mary pass. I mean, you look at you look at Matt Stafford. He throws it up and turns to take a hit and dives away. He doesn't even know where he's throwing it. He just says, hey, if they intercept it, it's like a long punch. Chuck and duck. Yep. And that just – I don't get – and, and this, this, drove, me. this drove me nuts in – with Buffalo and then drove me nuts with the Buccaneers. It's like, Hey, Buffalo Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They're kind of good. Let's not let them run wide open. Let's hit him at the line or let's double cover them. Or can we do something like not, the, not sure if you guys are aware, if you watch any film, but these guys are pretty fucking good. Yeah. Oh, and, and Tampa Bay. Hey, let's just single cover the guy who had 145 catches, 1900 yards and 16 touchdowns this year. Let's just yeah. single cover him. I agree. I don't know. I agree. I will say, you know, with uh, they did do a little bit of um, a little uh, chat with um, uh, uh, Cooper Cup there prior to the game. And it was or this may have been last week, I think. Yeah, it was pretty cool to hear his insight as to why, you know, why he's open so much. And he's. He's a talented athlete, no question, and he's got great hands. But he's not the fastest guy on the field. He's not the quickest guy on the field. But the guy's always open. Um, a little bit, of, he can be schemed open in terms of what – Yeah, I think part of that's McVay's system. McVay's system, he can make him open. But 
he is very he's very in tune to what the what the what his defender is doing in front of him. He knows where his leverage is, and I think that's incredible an incredible insight in terms of not just football but basketball, any other sport where you're you're competing against another another uh, another team and you need space to to do what you do. And he knows when he's got a, a cornerback on on the in, on his inside shoulder, he's like, I've got leverage here. I know I want to run this route. If I can push him further inside, he doesn't want me to go inside because he knows that that's where I want to go. So he was just going in, in, in depth in terms of how he, he uses uh, his leverage to his advantage and to create space, which we all know, like I said, in, in football for a receiver or running back, or even quarterbacks or, or anybody in, in the NBA basketball creating space like James Harden. I mean, the, the guy who can hop around and walk all over the place, but he creates space and he's got a, he's got an open shot and he he's, it's easier to catch the ball. It's easier to shoot the ball when you've got space. And he went into depth about it and how his dad played quarterback in the NFL for a couple of years and taught him how to be a receiver through a quarterback's eyes and you need to be – this is what a quarterback wants you to do, and that's how he learned how to play the game, which I think is really, really impressive, really cool. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he's he's a super talented guy. You, you don't become what he is without being super talented. But he's not – He's not Randy Moss. He's not running a four three forty. He's not six four jumping over top of people. He's just getting open and catching the ball as a receiver. What is what you want them to do? I don't care how you do it. Just get open and catch the ball. And you know, and he's doing it. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's fun to watch. But at that play, at the end of that 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 game, he didn't use any of that. It was, oh, it was it was a failure by the defense by the defensive back to not stick to his his keys and his role. And I hate to say it, but even Matthew had- Stafford after the game was like, "Yeah, we called that in the film room, the for the love of the game route, where we're just sending you up the field to run as far and fast as you can, and you almost never get the ball thrown to you, and almost never get it completed if we do throw it to you." And he's like, "We somehow hit it. Like <laughs> he was wide it, open. It was it, exactly. It was a complete failure by Whitehead." He he blew it, and I hate to say it. I'm not gonna. They're secondary suspect. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna pin it on Whitehead. He's a great defensive back, um, but I am kind of pinning it on him. Like you know, your team your team comes back from 27 a uh, 27 three deficit to tie the game, and you're you're you have you have it in your grasp, and you and you have a lot. Uh, you know, you just gotta get to overtime. You have all the momentum. You just get to overtime. Yeah. Yeah, he he blew it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, he blew it. And, and then the the Bills, hey Bills, don't kick it through the end zone. Yeah, it's just don't kick yeah. it through the end zone. This is what you do. And people have been saying squib kick it. You kick one of those little pooch kicks that goes to like the ten yard line. Let him return it. Knock off where the guy five, can't fair seconds. catch it because if he fair catches a ten yard line, it's ninety yards. They can't do that, so he has to catch it and return it a few yards. And now there's four, five, six seconds off the clock, and they got no time to do what they did. Yep. Tony Romo. I mean, what a great announcer. I mean, I think he's probably the best, the best guy on TV, in my opinion, for because football. he get for football. Yeah. 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 For football. Yeah. He gives, he gives great analysis. He, he really dives into what is going on and what they're thinking. And, and I think we're kind of stuck with Collinsworth and Troy Aikman uh, and they're, they've been in the game so long. They are, they're almost removed from 
what's going on from from an X's and O's standpoint, and they just fill space. You know, they're not really giving me giving us any insight. Like Chris Collinsworth is, he's worthless. Not, he's not doing anything to, you know, educate the viewer as to what's going on. And Aikman, unfortunately, is not really doing anything either. No, like I'll these are the, the guys. They're the guys who are supposed to be filling us in on the X's and O's. You have your host and you have your your analyst. You know, you need the analyst to tell you what's going on. And neither one of them are really doing it. Uh, Tony Romo is, in my opinion, the, the best guy right now. I'll tell you who the best analyst in football is. He doesn't do games. He's on ESPN. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. He is phenomenal. You got to follow him yeah. on Twitter. He does breakdowns like live in his living room. He'll slow <laughs> it down on the DVR and he'll yeah. replay it. And he's just thick. And then when they get him in the studio on Get Up in the Morning, he does some fantastic breakdowns. Like, I don't, he obviously wasn't a very good quarterback, although he played a backup for quite a long time. Where but was he a backup? Is it Denver? Uh, it was the, he was with the Colts for a little bit in Detroit for a while. Detroit. Oh, he's okay. a big Stafford because he, was, he backed up Stafford for a while. Yeah. So he's huge on um He on likes Stafford. Stafford. He yeah. likes Stafford. He was I, I like I like Stafford. He just seems he was such a gunslinger for so long. Like if things get going the wrong way, like he'll throw like four interceptions and the game's over. Yeah. Um, but, but not 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 this year. So we'll see. All right. So this takes us to let's get into the golf now. What I wanted to bring up real fast before we talk about Hudson Swafford. What I was thinking about this weekend. This is when you need one of those. Alternate leagues. We talked about that premier golf league, how it would only be 18 weeks. So you'd have some off weeks. Mm-hmm. PJ tour. Don't have a shitty ass tournament on division weekend, or just take off a couple of weekends of, of football when, when football's around. Cause no one's going to pay attention and they're kind of crappy events anyways. So yeah. it's, it's, it's worthless. Now I like what they're actually doing this week with Tory. They're playing Wednesday through Saturday. That's so they don't new. have to, com- so they don't have to compete with, TV coverage of the AFC NFC championship game. Um, Cause they do have a very good field at Tory this week. So at least it's better than what we just saw at uh, the American express, but they had a decent field at the American express better than they've had in the past. Yeah, they have, I guess I, I, I didn't realize Phil's like a host of that event. Yeah. And that's why Rom played. Is that why he finished second to last? Did he finish second to last? I don't know what it was. It was, it was there. bad. <laughs> It was way back there. It was bad. I, I will say it's hosting a tournament and trying to play in a tournament. It's like, it's like, it's tough. It's next yeah. to impossible. You, you're getting pulled in so many different directions. And I'm, you know, I'm standing up for Phil a little bit, even though I think he's, you know, whatever we've all had it. We all have our opinions about yeah. Phil and he's a great player. No question. He's a little superficial, but anyway. No. So that's why I think why Rom played because Rom. And obviously Mickelson are close, and I don't know if they have the same agent or or what. But um, yeah. Phil's brother used to be his Rom's coach and then agent. Now he's Phil's caddy, Tim Mickelson. But anyway, so that's why Rom played to help the and the, he was the field up. Rom wasn't super happy with the setup either. No, he, we'll get we'll get to clips on that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of those. This is a pure case of like just just have an off week. You don't have to yeah. have a golf tournament this week. Just have an off week. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree. But I mean, again, what's, you know, the benefit of having, you know, that's something that I, I wouldn't know the, the numbers, like having an event and being uh, relevant there every week and like the staple for people. Like, oh, it's Sunday. You know, hey, I'm not a real big football fan. 
you know, I'm going to watch golf. You know, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Apparently it is. Oh, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, um, I guess so. I mean, there's got to be some sort of numbers and they're getting enough sponsorship dollars out of it that yeah. um, they're not too concerned. So I don't know. It just kind of made me think of it. Like, cause yeah, all honesty, listeners, sorry. I didn't watch a ton of it. I watched a little bit Thursday, Friday, but that was kind of locked into the football, especially once the game started getting so good. It was like, Ooh, I'm not kind of switch over hard not to watch them. It's hard not to watch. Golf's going to be there. Football's gone in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Hudson Swafford does get it done. One of the part of the UGA mafia out there on the PGA tour. There's like a dozen of them, mm-hmm. but uh, 23 under, I feel like I've said that number a couple of times already so far, you know, 70, 65, 66, 64 to get it done over Tom Hoagie. This weekend, Brian Harmon was out there. Our boy Lanto um, comes in three back, tied for third. So great uh, showing for Lanto out there. Had a deuce on number 12 yesterday to kind of spark him and then ran up some pars where you got, then get one back after the deuce. And then I was like, all right, come on, Ma. Come on, boy. Let's go. And then rolled off some, some pars, which in the early part of this season, you can't do. On the PGA yeah. Tour. Parts are no good. No. So, what did you take from Hudson Swafford, Jay? Uh, you know what? Hudson, we we played a little bit of golf back in the day, and, and I was always impressed with – he just – he played his little fade, and he played over and over. Like, he didn't deviate from, like, his game. Uh, and he may have changed a little bit here in the past couple of years, but – he knew his game and he stuck with it. And he was, he was a confident guy. I mean, we played, we were in Q school together. Actually we played Q school together. And then PJ tour, we played some tournaments together and he was actually a great guy. I, I, I really enjoy him. He was down to earth, you know, kind of that Southern hospitality. Um, and, but uh, again, more on his golf game, like he, he always just kind of stuck to his, his guns. And I think, now he hasn't been the household name that I think he expected or a lot of other people expected because he was a, a a pretty high profile college player coming out of school. But um again, this is win number two, right? For for Hudson. Yep. And uh sorry, number number three. Is it win number three? I'm sorry. Yep. Um, but yeah, he just kind of I think he just sticks to his game and he's kind of one of those guys like I'm this is the way that I do it, and I'm gonna keep doing it over and over. And um, obviously it's working for him. I mean, if you, I, I don't care who you are. One win is incredible in the PGA tour, but three, you, you, you're doing something right. And, uh, you know, kind of a cool story. You know, I played uh, again, I, I keep diving in on my PGA tour experience, which is pretty low key Two two events. But, um, the second event that I played in, in Mexico, I played with, uh, Hudson and I think it was two of the rounds. No, I, I, I take that back. It was a Saturday round and cause you made the cut cause I made the cut. That's right. But he was, we had a great time and he was, he he's younger than I am, but obviously he had more experience. He had been on tour at that time for, I think that was maybe his second or third year. So he wasn't, he hadn't won a PGA tour event, but it was really cool. We were talking, having a good time. And, you know, I was, I had played well the first two days and I was like in 30th place or, or something like that. And I was the, on Saturday, I was like two over or, or something like that. I was kind of dropping back, not playing great. 
And he was, he was kind of cool. And he was not kind of cool, really cool. He was just like, Hey man, he's like, you know, you're, you're a Monday qualifier, you know, you're in, you've got some FedEx cup points, you know, this is a big opportunity for you. You know, it takes a lot of guts for somebody that, you know, is younger than you to, to try to help another player on the, on tour. Uh, but that's kind of the way that the camaraderie works out there, you know, for most of the guys, but he was, he, he was seven, six, seven, eight years younger than me. And was like, Hey man, it's like, you, you've got a good opportunity here. Your Monday qualifier. If you can finish, if you can sneak into the top 30, that's going to be huge for your FedEx cup points. He was like, I know it gets really bunched up at the end here, you know, uh, on Saturday and Sunday, you know, between 30 and 60th. But if you can just tough it out and find a way to grind it out, you know, these FedEx cup points will go a long way. And he was a hundred percent right. I didn't play well <laughs> on the weekend. I shot, I think I shot two over two over on the weekend or something like that and finished like even par and I finished 60 something, but had I shot one under one under, and it wasn't that big of a difference, you know, and I, and I, I, I take, I apologize. I don't have the numbers in front of me because I tried to block out the weekend, but um, if I had finished one under one under on the, on the weekend and shot, maybe I think it was like five under for the tournament, I would have finished like in the top 20, which is not that big of a difference. You know, if you told a professional golfer, Hey man, if you shoot one under today and one under tomorrow, you're going to finish in the top 20. And that's huge. The FedEx, I yeah. would have almost, at that point, I would have almost gotten into the FedEx Cup playoffs, not FedEx Cup playoffs, but the Corn Ferry playoffs at the end of the year, which would have guaranteed me a, some type of status somewhere, you know, as a, a kind of as a, a non-qualifying member of the of the tour. And it, I don't know. I, I kind of have a sweet spot for him because we played a, quite a bit. He probably wouldn't remember any of these conversations, but I do. I thought it was really neat that he – kind of gave me an inside scoop on what he had already been through, you know, at, at being on tour for a couple of years prior to. And um, I just thought it was really cool. I didn't I obviously wasn't playing well enough to take advantage of the advice, but um, I thought it was really neat. And uh, I always pull for him because of that. And it's kind of fun to see him have some success, you know, knowing that, you know, when you're, when you're playing, we're always competing. It's we're competitive because it's an, it's an individual sport, but at the same time, you kind of know when a when a guy that you, you've played with in the past, you're like you're in a position where you need somebody to coach you. And I think most of the guys out on the PJ Tour, which is really cool, they do that. You know, unless you know if it's Sunday afternoon, obviously I'm not going to coach you. I'm not yeah. going to coach you along. But you know, on the back nine or on Saturday afternoon, when you're on the wrong side of the wave and you're you teed off on ten. And it's, you know, it's like, Hey man, let me just give you a little tidbit here that may help you down the road. I think it's pretty cool. And that's, what's cool about this sport. You don't, you don't really get that in some of the other sports, you know, cause it's such a one-on-one -on -one competition Well, with golf, you're kind of playing against everybody and you have a little bit more time to talk and converse and, and he can give some advice, but I know that was kind of a roundabout long story about Hudson, but I, I don't know. I, I I'm a fan of his. I think he's a great guy and it's fun to watch him. Uh, win. I was pumped. I didn't pick him this week in our in our DraftKings, but I was pumped to watch him win. I so I picked him last week. I had him on my roster. Oh, you did. <laughs> and I took him off. I was gonna like I'm gonna pick Hudson again. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna take him off. I forget who I replaced him with, but anyways, yeah. So wish I didn't take him off my roster. Yeah. Would have kept him on there for two straight weeks. So he did win this event um before. 
the second one there was it was under a different name um back then and then he's won the uh, event in Putacana as well so this was his third victory but yeah he's always been a guy that kind of he just he normally hits the ball pretty well um yeah hits it straight drives yeah, it pretty he, well pretty long not not the longest guy on tour but pretty, it's a pretty long yeah, but 303, 303 average, and he's only 45th. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just... He's got a good short game, too. I mean, I remember having good hands, and he could putt well, and he chipped the ball nicely. Like, nothing that he did would wow you, but if you... When I say wow, I mean, compared to... Relative to the other guys on tour, if you played around a golf with the Hudson at your local club, you would think that he he's the best player that you've ever played with because he, because he probably would have been, I mean, he's a, he's a three-time winner on the PJ tour. He's an incredible player, incredible talent, but you know, relative to the other guys on tour, there's nothing that he does that like really makes him stand out from the other guys, but he's just really solid overall with, with everything yeah. that he does. And he had, uh, he had quite the eventful back nine, one yeah. par, one par, yeah. his last hole, a couple yeah. bogeys, an Eagle, one, two, three, four, five birdies. So it was, you know, again, 23 under, but he did make a couple bogeys coming down the stretch and then decided to step on everyone's throat with the 3-2 on 16-17. That helps. Yeah, and make a comfy par on on 18 to yeah. win by two. So yeah, I, I just think it's funny. He always gets confused for Harris English. People think they're the same person because <laughs> they went to UGA. They both, both kind of look alike, same kind of build, same. Yeah. Same demeanor, um, but no, they folks, they are actually two different people, Hudson Swafford yeah. and Harris English, yeah. <laughs> not funny. the same person. Have seen them yeah. in the same place at the same time. All right, McClanson, what's your take on Mr. Hudson Swafford or just the Amex in general? I, I love the fact that Hudson was able to sneak in there and get his third win. Um, it, we had a, a really a, a tight dog race there. Uh, throughout the middle of the day, even going into the early signs of the back nines with the uh, leaders, um, we had ourselves what I, I I was kind of banking on a playoff. Then all of a sudden, uh, some boys made a couple of mistakes. Hudson made did a couple of things right. And next thing you know, he's got a three shot lead and coasted to a comfortable victory. Um, you know, congrats to Hudson. Love, love his brand. Uh, love what what he's got going on. Sea Island boy, UGA guy, you know, you guys have already touched on all that stuff, but um, no, I, I was, I was happy to see him get a win. Uh, I think he's a good guy. Um, I think he's someone who I'd like to see potentially do more on the tour with us because he's someone who I think is a good role model for a lot of other people and people that are getting into the game. You're right. He does get confused with Pat and Kazire, but both of those guys, I'm a big fan of. So Harris English. All three of those guys I'm a big fan of. So, you know, fuck it. Right. Um, you know, it is what it is. But anyways, uh, I, I like I like Hudson. Uh, I love the clubs that he plays. And I think he's a, a strong contender to, to win a little bit more. I'm hoping this opens it up a little bit for him. How about Hoagie? I mean, that guy has been on a lot of leaderboards, it feels like, in the last six, seven, um, eight months. Hold on, hold on. Hoagie for sure, 100%. Not taking away from that. Not trying to stop you talking about Hoagie. Um, how about Lee Hodges leading yes. the tournament on two Sundays? And I can promise you, last Sunday, I asked my buddy, who the fuck's this guy? 
It was like it was like the opening credits of the of Major League with the Cleveland Indians when you've got the Asian guys looking at the newspaper goes, who are these fucking guys? Like that's how it was. They're not the Asian guys, the construction workers. But anyways, I know two things about Lee Hodges. He played golf at Alabama. And I think he has the largest logo on his shirt of anyone on tour. That's all I know about him. That's impressive, but I just that remember Vineyard Vines logo and, was massive. It's it is not small. I just remember last week and asking who's this guy and like betting my buddy if you could tell me any stat about him. Um, it was a five dollar bet. Um, regardless, he didn't take it. But to see him again pop up this weekend, two weeks in a row on Sunday in the lead of the golf tournament, um, are we seeing some peaking? Are, are we seeing someone getting ready to break through? I mean, it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was good to see the little man up there, the little lefty, Brian Harmon. I got to support the little guys. Um, it's like a little mighty mouse. Nothing wrong with that. No, he, a- he, I, he actually he actually saved me with our DraftKings. Like him, you got in the money, shooting, right? I got in the money even a second after him shooting eight under on Sunday. It's huge. Um, <clears throat> and then we had our boy Lanto. Played mm-hmm. well. You got Zalatoris back in the mix. This is now an official PGA Tour member. Finally, he actually got some FedEx Cup points for this performance. Uh, UVA's own Denny McCarthy was up there. And then you got Molinari and, and Cantlay behind them. Sung Jm, Siwoo Kim, Wyndham Clark. So, um, yeah, no, so, so a good, a good leaderboard for the journeyman. You know what I mean? It wasn't the the elite, but just some good guys that that are either trying to get on the scene or have been on the scene for a while, just playing steady and solid. And so, yeah. But let's let's get to Mr. John Rom. If you guys haven't seen this, he gets caught on the hut mic. Someone was, was just awesome. taking a video of him walking off one of the greens. A patron. I want to make sure I quote him correct here. Let me give me a second. Let me pull this quote up. Um. And quote, piece of shit fucking set up a putting contest was his words as he was walking <laughs> off one of the greens. To the next, and somebody had their video camera. Somebody just, just was like, oh, hey, here comes John Rahm. I take a video of him. And he mutters, piece of shit fucking set up a putting contest. So what's your take? Is that is that true? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is there a place for that? Like We've talked about it's kind of getting annoying that these scores have been so low and there's not much defense on these golf courses. And again, these guys are just really, really good. So it's hard to get golf courses that are really hard for them. <laughs> You're just not going to get that that often, yeah. but I don't know. It was just funny. Do you guys take anything more than it was just a, a good chuckle and that's it? <laughs> or is he, is he right? I mean, the easier the golf course just becomes a putting contest, right? Yeah. You know, he's right. hundred percent. I think he's right. Um, I mean, guys, I'm going to make this very simple and plain participation on the PGA tour is voluntary participation at each event is voluntary. He does have a minimal number of events that he needs to qualify for. And I understand he may have came into this event with Phil, but him walking off the green and throwing a fit like that. It's the reason I don't fucking like him. That's the old John Rom. That was, that's, that's the old anger. John that, Rom. That was, no, no. I like the angry John Rom. That was, that was whining. Like my five-year-old, it was, yeah. it was, you, you, you make a good point. Like he doesn't have to play in that event. 
He does not have to play in the event. It doesn't match up with him setup-wise. Skip the event. He's yeah. not a guy that needs to play 25 events to retain enough money and earn enough points to keep his card. Pick and choose wisely. And, and I understand you may feel like that. The locker room's where you let that out. Mm-hmm. The locker room is where you let that out. You don't do that there. That was awful for his brand. He came off like a whiny bitch, in my opinion. And it just goes back to the fact that why I'm not, I'm not a fan of this. I, I don't, I don't have fun watching him. Hey, I mean, kudos. I mean, you're, you're right. Like we all, as spectators, we, you, we have the right, we reserve the right to pull for who we want to pull for. And no one can tell you anything other than that. Like someone, minute, can't you guys are always yelling you at me. Not- you guys, you already yelled at me tonight, Shay. I didn't. I wasn't rooting for the Bills. And I don't like the Bills. And I get yelled at because I don't root for Sergio. And like, no, 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 no. Sergio's a good said, guy. You said I don't. I, you said I don't like Josh Allen, and I, I didn't say you. Sh- you should root for him. I said, why don't you want to root for him? Because I want to hear your opinion. That's fair. Like if you if you got a valid reason why you don't like him, that's fine. He doesn't like John Rom. I like John Rom. He doesn't like him because of that. That's a fair reason to not pull for him. If you don't like if he's a whiny, whiny player, I get it. You know, some whiny to some is not whiny to others. But I mean, you're you're right though. I mean, he probably should have tabled that for um, you know, the locker room, uh, dinner. Locker room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something. No, no let it out at the right time to but, let it out. And, and here's the whole thing, though. Is he it right? It wasn't like a quick excerpt. It wasn't a quick excerpt. It he, wasn't like, some quick. And here's the better part. He was like fucking 14 under at the time. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was like tied 16th, tied 15th. You know, like, you know he, what it been- wasn't like he was he was a trunk slammer. It would have I mean, been great Jesus if Christ. The person videoing it would have said, "Hey, John, maybe you should putt better." <laughs> yeah. Well, they they showed they showed a package on TV of him catching like a bunch of lips that round that he yeah. missed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he just didn't realize he was going to get caught because he was a, yeah. a good ways away from the green, so there's no real mics near him. So I think he thought he was kind of in, you know, he was. I'm away from the cameras. I'm away from the mics. TV wise, it's not away from the cameras and mics with all Which those. I'm all sure those fans. He's, going, he's going to get fined for that. Uh, who knows how much, but he, yeah, will. they never, they never, that's another thing. I wish yeah, I kind of broadcast that stuff, but they, although they I don't, I'm out to touch on that. I know we're, we're, we're kind of talking about the event, but I don't love, I mean, this kind of, this kind of dials into the, uh, the, uh, NFL games this week and Tom Brady got a 15 year penalty personal foul for, you know, talking back to the ref when uh, obviously he it was should have been uh should have been a personal foul on on the defense there for the the head-to-head shot right in his chin he obviously had a bloody lip and he went to the ref hockey who hockey is the son of ed hockey the longtime ref and they've if you look at the past history they have a thing out for tom brady they've always not loved Tom Brady, because one, Tom probably brings some of it on himself because he complains to the refs quite a bit. Um, but well, first, I, the, the call for for the young hockey league to give him a personal foul in that situation when it was obvious that they didn't make the right call. Yeah. Now, Tom probably said some expletives that he shouldn't have said. But back to the main uh, point. I don't know that, about shouldn't have said. I don't well, know. He, I, he should have. He had every right if somebody. Sidelines of yeah. NFL football. 
Yeah, well, but but my again, you're right. To my point is like these guys, th- that's the common, the the common language. And it's and it's accepted because oh, they're football players. That's okay. But when a, when a golfer says that, it's like, oh, well, you're gonna get fined. You can't say that. You can't say that. And I don't I, the I don't think the standard is held held the same. And 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 that's I guess that's fine. That's the way the PGA Tour wants to handle it. But I, I do think there's got to be. It, it's like we're in the we're in the we're in the middle of competition. Like understand that you don't want them to say that, but you have to understand that like, hey, I, there's I'm frustrated. Like, and this is the way it comes out. You know, sometimes it's I don't know. I, I just think that they shouldn't be so you know, caught up on, on penalizing these right. guys for every single word that they say when, especially when they have access to more mics to these guys, like they're still competing. And sometimes you have a little bit of, you know, spillover from competition, you know, and being in the heat of the moment. And like, there needs to be a little bit of a buffer. And if you're not going to give them that buffer, you then you can't find them, you know, whereas yeah. there's no mics on the field when these guys are playing like in like in the scrum when these guys are going at it, like right after the end of a, end of a play. I mean, you should hear the stuff that these guys are saying. If they, if they videoed that and, and mic that up, I mean, <laughs> all these guys. All you got to do is watch hard knocks. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just, I don't, I, I think that's one flaw in my opinion with, with golf. Like they want to get, they want to hear what these guys are saying. And that's great. How about let's do it on the, on the first, on the tee, when you want to hear the caddies, let's listen to the caddy, the caddy player conversation. Don't put a mic on the green when a guy's getting ready to putt and he misses a putt and he wants to cuss to himself. Let him cuss himself in private, you know. Especially, you a great point. Huh? What, what do you think about micing up just the caddy instead of the player? I mean, it, it, I'm fine with that as long as if you mic up a caddy, he knows that he's going to be mic'd up. Whereas a player you know, they've got mics all over and it's not like, it's not quite as obvious. Like I, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hide, you know, the player and, 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 and say you, you should say some expletives and and there's no repercussion, but I, I will say that in the heat of the moment, they need a little bit of a buffer to like, if they're whispering something under their breath to themselves and it's not, he's not yelling any uh, obscenity to someone or at someone, he shouldn't be penalized for that. And I don't like that they put the mics right on the edge of the green, like right when they're right by the hole, where if a guy misses a putt, he cusses at himself and then they get penalized for it. I don't, I think that's, I think that's shady. Um, and P, in, in, in the last two weeks, there's been some comments on that at Kapalua with Justin Thomas blowing the ball, you know, out of, out of bounds to the right. And, and the PJ tour kind of, you know, clipped his comments and didn't, didn't show them. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw that. And there yeah. were some comments. People are like, "Oh, the PGA Tour is trying to hide, you know, what what Justin Thomas is saying." And they're, you know, well, they also got FCC things. They can't just let expletives go on the air. Yeah, too. And, like, and it's like, okay, that's but let them let them cut it out. That's fine, cut it out. Like, why do we have to show that? You know, and yeah. what, okay, he, yeah, he cussed at himself. I mean, who uh, do you cuss at yourself once a day? I mean, if you screw something up or if you stub your toe, like, oh, well, you stub your toe in the wall. Oh you're, you're getting fined. You know, I, I don't know. I just think it's over the top in my opinion, but um, like yeah, said, well, you're going to, you're going to have, you're going to have more and more of that. We'll see what, what goes out. But this week is I heard Netflix is now in full 
filming mode. They got crews all over Tory Pines and with players and, and mics. And so, you know, I'll, I'll be the, curious to see what, what makes the air there and what does Yeah, What's the PGA tour going to do now with, you know, with agreeing to let Netflix record these guys on a daily basis and they've got full, they've got, you know, full privilege to record what they want. Um, you know, let them, let them showcase everything. Let's see it. Um, well, so here's one guy and I'm not going to steal this line. I forget who this was. I was reading an article here. Um, it might've been just someone random posted on Twitter. I would pay $30 around just for a feed of Terrell hat and mic'd up unedited for all 18 holes. <laughs> yeah, I great. would also do the same. I'm going to second that I would pay $30 around to listen to hat and mic'd up in a round of golf. That would be, that would be hilarious. At least on a condensed, you know, if you, if you wanted to give me like a 30 minute excerpt of him in 18 holes and all, yeah. of, his, all of his, yeah, that would be great. Oh, That'd be awesome. That'd be so entertaining. Even just give me like a, give me a six minute highlight video on YouTube uh, of him mic'd up. Oh God, yeah. that guy is fantastic. And that's, that's great. I think it's, I think it's fun. I mean, pe- because th- these are, they're real people, you know, they're real people. They, they get upset. They lose their cool. And people want to see it, and I think, like we're 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 in such a position where it's, it's it's all about branding, and like you can't do this, you can't say this, you can't do that. And it's like, well, you know what? I actually I actually want to support somebody that you know messes up every now and then because I mess up all the time. You know, like he's like me, yeah. he screwed up and he said something that he shouldn't have said out of anger and frustration because he's playing a sport that's insanely hard hitting a stupid white golf ball with a flat faced metal club. Like this is the dumbest thing. Like who does this, but we all love it. Like, and it's hard, yeah. but like, all right, I want to see the guy mess up a little bit. Cause it, it, it kind of brings you in as, as a fan, like, Oh, I, he struggles just like I do, you know? And it's, I think, it, I think it, it would add the viewership if, if you allowed it, but when you penalize the guys so much for it, um, I think it, it goes over. It's over the top, but I, I think it stems from placement of cameras and and mics and knowing when to listen to what what they're saying to, to get the good content. I think the the again I've said that, but the mics on the greens I think are terrible. Like I think it's stupid. Yeah. Like it's it's stupid. Like what what do you, what do you want? You you really you like fishing for you're fishing for a cuss word. You like you want the guys to look bad. Yeah, I don't know what they, I don't know what they're trying to get from that because they don't it's ever dumb. air anything. Why do you want a Why do you want a, a a mic on the on the green? Like, there's no talking on the green. I mean, we all know this. You've played you've played competitive golf. When you get to the green, you are you're not, not chatting with your with your with your team or not teammates, but your your uh, playing partners. You're focused on making the putt. The only words that are going to come out of my mouth are. Fuck yeah, I just made that birdie or motherfucker, I just missed it. And why do you want to why do you want to put that on the air? Yeah. You know, like if you're so concerned with it, why do you want to put that on the air? I just think it's it's poor placement. So speaking of Hatton, um <clears throat> this brings me more to an interesting topic about I guess golf course architecture, but real fast. So if you weren't paying attention on the European tour or sorry, the DP World Tour, as it's now called. Uh, over in Abu Dhabi, had a pretty good field over there. Um, Morikawa, McElroy, Hatton, a few other guys. Thomas Peters won. I saw some of this 
early coverage working in the golf shop. How good is Thomas Peters swing, by the way? Sorry. And, not he, to, and he mashes it. <laughs> he swings it so good. I'm sorry. Keep going. But so just want to throw that tidbit in there. So Hatton had a just a typical Hatton blow up, snapped his club on the 18th hole. Yes. Do it's it. A, it's a par five. And I gotta Break read it. you I gotta Break read it. you some of these quotes. Break oh, it. so first off, if you haven't watched this video again the european tour does awesome videos and challenges with these guys hat and mcelroy morikawa they brought them out to the speedway in abu dhabi and they put a one yard wide grass fairway down and these guys had to hit it the ball had to land in the one yard wide fairway and stay there and these guys are just rifling driver after driver after driver trying to get it there and it was pretty fucking funny one time morikawa like landed in the fairway and then bounced off and he like pretended like he was gonna gonna throw his driver and Hatton's like, you can throw it, throw it. It doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so Hatton has a blow up and they ask him after the round about the 18th hole, which is a, a long par five. And it usually plays into the wind. His quote was, I would love for a bomb to drop on it. Uh, he goes on. It must be one of the worst par fives I've ever seen in my life. And over the last two years, I've clearly played it about as well as it was designed. Uh, da, da, da. He goes, what's wrong with it? Where do you start? It shouldn't have a bunker in the middle of the fairway, and it shouldn't be over 600 yards from the forward tee. If you hit a good drive as a pro, you should have at least you should at least have a chance to go for the green and two. Otherwise, the hole becomes a par three after the first two shots. Uh, that's if you play it well. Da, 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 da. Anyone's like that. And hardly anyone can get to the green today. So, one, that's funny. Two, what is your take on a par five? So again, this is more of an architecture question. Yeah. No, no relation to this hole that they were playing in Abu Dhabi. Should a PGA Tour player be able to get to every par five or have a chance to if they hit a good drive? Should there be a three I shot mean, par I, fives? McLean, I, I don't know if you want to comment on. It. I've got my I've got my take on it, but I'll let you. I think par fives should be reachable in some circumstance. But I do think that there should also be par fives that are very, very difficult to reach, that it makes a lot more players turn it into a three-shot hole, that maybe the top 5% have a chance to really go for it and have a chance to get there. And I think that's where you, you could argue where the benefit of distance comes in. And I don't think you need to penalize distance to the point to where there's not a benefit from it. I think there absolutely should be a benefit from it just like the way a short game should be a benefit from it. A, a putting stroke, a putting stats, putting uh, I don't know, skills, better way to say that. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, there's a benefit to each, each part of it. And, and there's a lot of different parts that go into the game of golf. I think that if you have par fives that are reachable, it brings a great dramatic effect to the sport. I think it also allows for, the longer players to take advantage of their benefit. And I don't think that that's something that should be taken away. When you look at total distance, it's a little bit of a different conversation, but you're still going to have longer players, uh, regardless of what you try to roll something back to. So when you look at how the, how the, the fairness should shake out or, or how fair you can try to make it across the spectrum of guys that are longer players, guys that are shorter players, guys that have great short games, 
you know, there has to be some advantages there. So you still want to have some of that advantage to the sport, but I do think that there should be some holes that are so difficult that it turns the majority of the field into a three shot hole. I also do not ever want to see a par five where guys are teeing off with less than driver. That to me is an awful par five. I do never, I, I, I do never, I please edit that shit out. <laughs> I do not ever want to see a par five where someone's not able to tee off with a driver. That to me is really just running out of real estate. In my opinion, you didn't have enough real estate to create the proper hole for the game. You're, you're trying to create uh, a number on a scorecard in, in terms of making it a par 72 or whatever, wh- whatever you're trying to make it. Um, and you're also trying to really handicap the golf course. And that, that doesn't make sense to me. Let's let guys get out there and, dr- and hit the driver. Because at the end of the day, if you ask everyone on the planet, the most fun golf club to hit is the driver to just let it rip. And it, regardless of skill level, Everyone deserves the opportunity to do that as often as possible. So, Jay, let me go real fast because I have a quick sure. take on the par five yeah. thing. Do it. Do it. I am okay with a non-reachable par five, a, a truth three-shot par five, only if the second shot is difficult, the layup is difficult, and it gives the player options where maybe it's a little bit wider, 60 yards short of the green, but do you want that shot? Maybe it's a little more narrow further back at a hundred yards, but you have, the player has to then choose, okay, do I hit it further to the wider part and have maybe a more awkward wedge or do I lay it to a hundred yards where it's a little narrower? Cause that's what's comfortable to me. Or do I lay it back even further? Cause it's wider there. If it, if the second shot is kind of difficult and makes a player think and have different options and it can be played multiple different ways, I'm okay with it. What Hatton is saying is where everyone just lays up to the same spot and it's a boring hit hit and then a wedge game i do not like that if that's mm-hmm. the kind of unreachable par five i don't want that i'd rather absolutely them just right. i'd rather them have a shorter one and go for it absolutely yeah. if the second shot has something that the player has to think about and has three or four different club options i'm in for that but that's yeah. that's kind of the extent of it for me yeah no i agree i mean i'm i'm, I'm not much different there i i think some of the most fun uh par fives that i've played are shorter par fives that you have the option to get to the green and two. Um, but they've got some other hazards, whether it's water, whether it's bunkers, whatever. Um, th- those are fun. Like you can get to a par five and two, but or do you want to take the risk? You've got water left, water, right. Or bunkers left, wa- bunkers, right. And you've got a green that slopes, you know, this way. And if you, if you feel like you can bail out one way, I mean, I- I'll, I'll, I'll say this, uh, Mike, you know, and McLean, you guys know the foundry. And again, the, some of our listeners may, may or not may or may not have played the foundry, but number eight is one of the coolest holes from the up T it's a 510. Is it 510 yards? Like, uh, I think actually the scorecard's like 535. Uh, it's 535 from the up T and then they have a back T that's 590 or Right. Yeah. Right at 600. Yeah. Right at 600 yards. I'm not a big fan of the 600 yard T um, in my opinion, because this green is a very kind of, it's a narrow shaped green uh, in the front part of the green. And then it opens up in the back, but it slopes away from you. You've got double bunkers on the right. 
of the green, and then you've got a pond short left. So you've got a lot of hazard here. This is a perfect 520, 530 yard par five. And it's kind of a it's kind of a downhill hole. You hit a great drive. And if say you you know you have a 200 yard shot into the green, this is a great, this is a great test. Like you have a long iron or a like a hybrid. If you want to risk it, go for it. But you need to hit a good shot to to make a birdie or even make a par. But when we move it back to close to 600 yards, you know, nobody can get there in two. All, and, and to your point, Mike, most players from the back tees, they hit driver and they hit, you know, five iron and they lay up to a wedge and they hit it on the green. They're all hitting from the same spot over and over. And, yes, it's longer, um, but it's just not as exciting. It's not as fun to, to play kind of the same. Everyone has to play the same hole. So there's no advantage there. There's no skill there. In my opinion, I guess the skill relies on your wedge, your wedge play. So then it becomes like a par four, uh, and I don't. That's not that. That's not as fun to me. So no, you no, you 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 nailed it, and you took the words out of my mouth. I was getting ready to to bring up the eighth hole at the foundry because at one time, anytime someone asks me about that hole, I always say it's better from the members tee the up tee because you hit a good drive and now you have to make that decision. Yeah. The player's got to stand there and say, okay, do I have the balls to go for this when I pretty much have nowhere to miss it? Yeah. I'm water left bunkers, right. With the green sloping towards the water. You don't want to be in those bunkers staring at it. Yeah. There's nowhere to land the ball short. You can't run the ball up on the green. You have to one, either really commit to going to that and hit a damn good golf shot. Or you have to then say, okay, the smart play for me is to lay back. But at least you have to make some sort of decision. Yeah. Sure. From that back tee box, no one's getting there. The guys that we play with, tour guys are different. I mean, rarely are the it, tour and it's, guys. And it's not there. that hard. It's a it's an easy second shot. It's an easy layup. It's just hit it, yeah. hit it again. Okay, well, we might also let's just save some time. We all want to play this game fast. Let's just go to a hundred yards. Let's all drop our balls down and we'll just exactly. play this part three, which exactly. is fine for me because I have a good wedge game. But you know, it's it just, it's not as, as fun as a par five. And so what, the, yeah, it takes the character away from that hole. When Hatton says every par five should be reachable. I don't necessarily agree with that. As long as the par five architecturally is designed properly. Sure. Sure. You can sure. have a good, tough, still a thinking long par five that you have to lay up. And again, the, the, the longer hitters still can, if you design it right, the longer hitter can still have an advantage depending yeah. upon how you sh- how the width of the fairway is, the rough, the bunkering, whatever it is in those landing areas to lay up. I've played some really good par fives. Um, one of which is in Lakeland, Florida, um, at Q School. They, there's a course down there um, that I think it was the eighth hole there at uh, in Lakeland. Um, but you, you hit a drive. You hit a great drive, and the way that the hole set up, you could you could go for the green, but you're basically covering water the the entire time so you've got a 250 260 yard shot over water into the wind or you could lay up the further you laid up it got narrower or you laid back and you had you know you could go to the wide part of the fairway and have 150 yards in um but it was it was it was an easy second shot but you had a, a longer you know third shot or approach into the green so that hole is like that's like an optimal, like par five, like 
do I want to give this a go? I've got 250 in. I'm going to hit three wood over the water. Do I want to do that? Or do I want to lay up and try to get, you know, my second shot close to the green to where I have a wedge in, but that shot is very narrow. I've got water to the right. I've got out of bounds to the left. Or do I lay back to the fat part of the fairway and give myself an eight iron, an eight iron in? You know, that's, in my opinion, that's like the ultimate part five, like the, the risk reward. Like that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And exactly. distance, distance, in my opinion, is irrelevant from the tee. It just it's a matter of what you have into the green, your second shot, and then what you can lay up to if you're if you're not going to go. And different players can play it different ways, yeah. and if yeah. whatever fits their game, and that's what I think is a good golf hole. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I just thought it was an interesting topic. One, it was just funny to listen to his quotes, and then I think it is an interesting architectural design topic but i don't think every par five should be reachable for those guys most of them are anyways i mean how, yeah. how often do you see these guys play a par five that they can't reach i mean it's it's rare yeah rare yeah. um in, in the course of a given season so um anything else in the world of golf before we get to our tory pines picks previews um there wasn't an inger- it, real fast interesting so the lpga started this week with their tournament of champions which also had a celebrity component that we're playing and someone wrote an article about, well, can scratch golfers compete with these women on the LPJ tour? No, no, they cannot. We've talked about cannot. this many times. They cannot. No. So, um, all you guys, all you guys at your, at your clubs and you're the club champ and you, you know, shot 72, 69 and your club champ from the members tees, these women will dust you, dust you. They will so, dust these celebrities these celebrities all played the same conditions they were paired with the girls women from the same tees so it was the exact same golf course they were playing Derek Lowe former Red Sox pitcher Derek Lowe won the celebrity portion he is a 0.2 handicap scratch golfer they were playing a Stableford format but somebody posted his actual gross scores he shot 76 72 75 72 (laughs) Pretty respectable, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's good, good, good golf, right? No question. I mean, it's great golf with with, with fans and and pressure and all that yeah. kind of stuff for a scratch golf. Yeah. Pretty good golf. Plus seven final score. Daniel Kang won the tournament. Would have beat him by twenty three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about this, and when we had Austin on earlier this past or later or earlier this past year, the the. The skill set is uncanny. Like they're, they just don't hit it as long as the men, which is fine. But the the only difference, almost that's really the only difference. The skill set from T to green, the skill set is there. They drive it. They drive it incredibly straight. So much straighter than the than the men. It's not even close. And wedge play, short game, putting is 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 equal. I mean. I mean, yeah. really, like you said, the really the only difference is the men hit it further and less straight, and the women don't hit it as far, but they hit it way straighter. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it, it just it, it just another example just shows funny. you how good professional golfers are. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I've had people come up to me, you know, members of the club over the years. Oh, did you ever think about you know trying to make it pro? I'm like, no. Like, no, I'm not even fucking close. Like, it never crossed my mind. Like, I couldn't. So I, I texted you guys about Aaron Rodgers. I said he couldn't even lick Tom Brady's jockstrap. 
I couldn't even lick Dustin Johnson's drop strap. That's not even remotely close. I'm not even in the ballpark of those guys. Well, That's when a- you when you compare yourself to to Dustin Johnson, yes, but you know, if you compare yourself to Brian Harmon, I don't know. Brian Harmon is a he's a little bulldog. I mean, right now, well, I'm just saying, like the the talent yeah, of, mean, these, of these people. Talking about yeah. PJ Tour, LPJ Tour, relative to a scratch golfer. Sure. It is worlds of difference. They don't, people don't, I don't think they like some of these guys that you don't see on TV every day. Like uh, Brian Harmon's a great, a great person to compare. Um, he's not on, he's, they don't show him every, every week on the PJ tour. You're not seeing him hit a bunch of shots, but the guy's been on tour for 12, 10, 12 years and has won multiple times on tour. And, he came out to the foundry and shoot 62. Yeah. He without blinking an eye. If he came out to the foundry or, or any of your clubs, anyone listening, I don't care what club it is. If you think your club is so tough and so hard, let him come out any given day of the week. He would, he would probably shoot. I would say mid sixties or lower. Yeah. As yeah. long as the conditions were, if the greens were decent, he would shoot. 66 or lower every single time that they went out. Yeah. And that's not, how that's not how, even that's remotely how the same game. That's how good they are. Yeah. They do it every day. They do it every day. You know, just think about what job you do every day and and how good you are at what you do. And and these are the best in the world at what they do. I'm pretty mediocre at it, but <laughs> Well, that's my point. Like you do, you, you think of your job and how good you think you are at it, and then now bring somebody else in to do their job, and they're the one of the top hundred people in the world at what yeah. they do. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna exceed your expectations. Uh, anyway, I just someone posted that um, article, and I just thought that was uh, interesting. When we kind of talked about it a few weeks ago, they kind of had that expectations talk. Yeah. It's a, a different different world. Yeah. So, all right, let's get into uh, let's get into our DraftKings pick. Uh, I did open this up again. Uh, it's a private contest. I shouldn't say it's an open contest. It's a private contest for us and our listeners to get involved. I I don't know the gentleman who won. Does anyone know who gentleman who joined our podcast and won last week? BJ. Um. Uh, what Ms. Ms. Nineteen seventy four. If you're listening, reach out to us. Yeah. Um. And once our swag comes in, we'll we'll get you something. But um, yeah, emergency nine pod at gmail dot com. There you go. So reach out to us. We'll get you some swag. But Ms. Nineteen seventy four beat Jay by a point and a half. I Sorry, know. Jay. I was super super uncomfortable about that, but but it's great. <laughs> Good for you, Ms. I don't know who you are, but great job. I, I I was boasting myself up here earlier in the week there with my picks and I had a I felt I felt like I had a you said you, you said you did a lot of research and I did a lot of research I had a good good crew and and it was a good week I'm not gonna lie it just was a point and a half shy of what I wanted but um, it's all good um, so I I am gonna we'll you. we'll post the link um, to our Instagram account uh, if you want to join I I've kind of fired it off if you know us personally text us. Send us a message. We can get you guys the link to get in. It's open to the first 20 people um, that want to get in. So uh, we will be trying to do this every week now. Yeah. See how what we get in there for uh, for listeners. So 
but good week. Uh, Tory Pines, very familiar to everyone. Also, you know, they host an event every year and then plus uh, occasionally host the U.S. Open, which they did last year. So a lot of big names playing. Kind of, I always feel like, and I don't know if this is the Tiger Woods effect, but I've always felt like this is the start of the year because that's when he always made his start of the year. And yeah. It's almost like the PJ Tour players have kind of adopted it too. I mean, all these big names are kind of making their 2020 debut this week, a bunch of guys. So who, uh, who wants to go first? Oh, I'm I'm ready if you you ready to go. Oh yeah. All right. Coming in, number one in your playbooks, number one in your hearts, Mr. Ryan Palmer. Horse (laughs) for a course. This Uh, is a horse for a course. I mean, I I look forward to this week. (laughs) I'm telling you, I look forward to this week every year because I know that Ryan Palmer is going to come in there and just absolutely throw fire um moving hey, on sorry we need to get we need to get ryan palmer on the podcast we've got to figure out a way to get ryan palmer on the All podcast right. i think we'll i'm do, creating I'll, I'll i'm gonna create ryan palmer merch i think yeah. we might be the only people in the world uh that's gonna have some rp merch but i don't know for whatever reason i think we've got legs we've got i legs. think uh i think we can make it happen i got i got a couple connects here we'll 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 try Love to this. make it happen i think that would be awesome because we pick it every week every Out week West he gets texas picked. i just love <laughs> that guy's game he's like i don't know is he it's from west hot. texas i know he's from texas is he from west texas it just sounds better when i say west <laughs> I, went to, I have no he went idea to i just hope like hell he is he went to right like that I just hope like hell he is. It just it, it sounds better. You yeah, know, Roy Rice, McAvoy Rice was from West Texas, Texas, so that's where that's where that stems from. Okay, you know, West All Texas. Right. Keep, All right. keep rolling. I'll, I'll right, work Kevin. on I'll work on Ryan Palmer. We'll, we'll see. What it comes. Yeah, it, it's going to be good. Um, top pick guy coming off a win, not this past week, but Hideki Matsuyama, a guy I think I, I <laughs> he's playing really well. Obviously, uh, someone who's played here often. Um, and he's had a lot of success here. So look for him to um, contend again. Uh, moving down off the list, running into uh, Mr. Patrick Reed. Augusta's, I knew you were Augusta's him sweetheart. Here. Augusta's sweetheart. I mean, the guy won his first major here. He won his first, uh, or he won in 2017. Um, I, it's, I think it's going to be a really good week for him. I look for him to um, you know, look back on some good memories and hopefully content. Uh, another California boy, not another, I guess the first California boy, Mr. Max Homa, uh, the swing analyst himself, Twitter swing analyst, um, moving down from there, Mr. Wyndham Clark, another West coast kid. Uh, he's had some success coming up recently. You know, he's finished, uh, 13th last week, 29th at the RSM back in November, 41st at the Hewlett Packard, uh, 25th at Zozo. I mean, he, he had some good, some good fall finishes, uh, again, guys used to be used to playing on the West Coast. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see some good stuff out of him as well. Uh, moving on from there, we mentioned him earlier in the podcast. I'm, I'm looking to see him on the scoreboard again this week. It did look like that I was incorrect somehow uh, that he did not make the cut at the Sony. I, I swear I thought I saw him on the leaderboard at one point, but he did not make the cut at the Sony. Um, it may have been on Thursday, apparently, that I saw him. But regardless, this week, Number third last week, solo third finish at the Amex, Mr. Lee Hodges. Looking for him to do something nice uh, moving into this week's event. All right. Well, I'm going to go since half of my team is McLean's team. Oh, gosh. 
So I have Mr. Wyndham Clark as well. <laughs> he drives the ball well. He hits his irons well. His weak he hits part it is long, his, too. He hits it long, which is good on those golf courses. It's going to be a tough golf course. The first tough. I mean, they get the north course that they'll play once on Friday, which is the easy one. Um, south course is hard. He, he hits it great. His weak part is his putting. However, if you look at strokes gain putting on Poe, he's fifth in the field this week. Who is, who is that? Wyndham Clark. Oh, Wyndham. So I like him because of that. Great ball striker, as we love here on the pod, but he also puts Poe well. So Wyndham Clark. I then have uh, Max Homa. Plays well here. Likes this golf course. Southern Cal, uh, born and bred. I just like the guy. He's, he's pretty got a pretty just solid all-around game. No major weakness. Max Homa. And then I got Mr. Ryan Palmer on my team. <laughs> I had to. The guy loves this place. He loves this place. He yeah, loves it's just, this. It's he, a solid he plays bet. So well. All right. It, so it's I got his to- best bet all year. If you're going to pick Ryan, this week's the week to do it. So those are my three that match up with McLean, unfortunately. I then um, go to uh, I'll go to Keegan Bradley. Again, I think on the Poe, he's a bad putter. Hits the ball really well. He's been playing better in the last year or so. Been playing well in the fall. Had a, a top 12 at Sony uh, just two weeks ago. And I think this the odd putting on Poe, it, it doesn't going to affect him as much. So his poor putting won't hurt him as much here. Uh, and he plays well here at Farmers. He's had some top finishes, a handful of top fives and, and top 15s. So Keegan Bradley at 7,900. Then another horse for a course just loves this place. Mark Leishman, $9,000. I think he's another like just lock to take at this place. He's had a, already a handful of top 10s, hasn't missed a cut this year, just playing well. And, and again, he just loves this place. Then I'm going to go with, uh, he's going to get his first win this week. Will Zalatoris, $9,200. Mm. I went a little bit of a different route. I didn't take any of the top horses. Um, last week, I took the top two and had to dig pretty deep down there. Um, didn't work out so well for me. So this week, I kind of went with uh, more guys closer together on their uh, on their salary cap. But yeah, $9,200, Will Zalatoris. I think he's going to finally get his win here. I think it's going to fit his game perfect. Nice. Jay? I love it. Love it. I, I think we've got a lot of uh, guys that are <laughs> overlapping here. Sorry. Um, you just happen to go first, McLean, and then uh, it's going to come down to like, like two guys yeah. this week. Yeah. I really, I mean, honestly, it is. I mean, I, these are all picked, you know, obviously prior to us doing this, but uh, I'll start from the bottom. Uh, Adam Hadwin, I've got it 7,300 bucks. Um, obviously, Adam didn't do anything spectacular last week, finished 25th. Um, but he's got a decent, uh, decent history here, um, in this event. So I'll give him a shot at 7,300 bucks. I mean, what is he? He's done nothing crazy. He's made the cut every time that he's played in this event. He's played six times, finished 18th last year. So uh, for the price tag, obviously, I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. Um, then I move up to Lonto coming off of a great, a great week. 
um, this past week. And, and he played well here, top 10 last he year, right? Played well here. This was what sparked uh, his podcast appearance here last year, finished top 10. And he finished 12th in 2018. So um, he obviously likes the golf course. He likes the, uh, the setup. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to drop him in on my list. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, I've got Ron, Ryan Palmer in, <laughs> in my list as well. Uh, for all the reasons that you guys all, uh, you know, came up with, uh, I finished second last year, 21st, the year prior 13th, second, uh, the preceding years, he he's played great there. I mean, you know, what else can I say? He he likes playing there. Um, and Mikey, I've got Mark Leishman in there as well. I know you picked him. He's on a you know, Mark is one of those guys that is a, he's a super solid player. Like he just he just drives the ball and play, hits hits greens, and he may not win a whole lot of golf tournaments, but he's always you know, kind of in the mix, you know, uh, 36 at the Sony, but uh, century tournament champions, he finished 10th in the Houston open like dating back to last year, 19th, uh, the CJ kept 38th, the Shriners third, the Fortnite championship fourth. Like, I mean, that's, that's good, solid golf right there. Um, yeah. So he, he's like, they never show him on TV, but then you look never. at the leaderboard. He's like, Oh, well, there's a tie 11th. There's a 12th. Like he's always yeah. up there. He's always up there. So, you know he's he's obviously in my in my uh, in my uh, lineup here because he's just so solid. But and he um, well. yeah, and he and he plays well. And then I've totally got totally. I've got P. Reed in there. Um, obviously he's played some good golf here at this tournament, so I, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I haven't seen him a whole lot lately, so it, he's it cheated kinda, well this tournament before too. <laughs> yes, he won last year, but uh, in fifty fifth last week, so that was kind of his, you know you know, the last two tournaments, he's kind of getting, getting ready. Um, so we'll see, see how he does, but, uh, he does like this golf course. And then finally, I'm going to go with my boy, Tony Finau. He's, uh, he's coming off of nothing spectacular, but he has had some success here at this event. Uh, he's played really well, bunch of top tens here at the farmers. Um, so I, I'm really excited about what he what he's going to do. I'm mean, obviously he's got four top tens um, and six top twenties in the last six years at the farmer Farmers Insurance Open. Um, and I'm feel like I'm jinxing myself by saying this, but I feel like he's going to have a good week, and maybe this is the week that he wins a big official tournament, like a real tournament. Well, he did. He he did it. He got the uh, he won that playoff event back in the fall. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, was that a limited field? Slightly. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, okay. I hate to say that. I mean, I, I, I play, winning a playoff event is, is really is awesome, and I, I get it. But there is a difference between beating 70 guys or beating 156 guys. Um, they're all still great. The money is still great. But a full field event, you're beating 156 or 144 guys. That's impressive, you know. So he hasn't really done that much in his career. Well, he's only done it once. <laughs> and then he won an opposite field event in Puerto yeah. Rico. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. All right, that's, cool. That's no, he does play well there. So that's that's a pretty strong that's pick, it. and he'll make a ton of birdies too. So 
uh, he's a guy that can get to every par five, especially 18. Yeah, I think 18 is a we're talking about a par five conversation. 18 at Tory is a great, right? You hit a good drive yeah. in that fairway, you can go for it. But these guys are hitting hybrids and, and fairway woods to get there, which is hard to land it. The ball goes over the green. You carry the water. I think it makes some guys think a little bit. That's a yeah. good, good par five risk reward. That's kind of what we want. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Agree. Agree. I am uh, looking forward to it. And again, it won't, won't overlap with, with the uh, NFL this weekend, it's going to end on Saturday. It's going to start on Wednesday. So if you are joining the DraftKings, you got one last day to get your lineup in and get your picks in if you want to join us because it does start Wednesday, not Thursday. So programming note for the PJ Tour this week. So, Which, if you're listening, is today. You need to go ahead and get it done today. Get it in. Lock no, it well, in. this is this Lock is we're, we're recording on Monday. This will go out Tuesday. So, yes, I guess you're right. Get in today. Lock it in. There you go. Lock it in. Lock it in. And uh, you guys got anything else? No. Great. Great pod. Great, Great pod. pod. Great pod. Fucking unbelievable pod. We had a couple little tangents. We took a little couple breaks. I mean, I know you guys may hear an hour and 15 minutes, but it took us about two hours. to. I've been logged in to Zoom for about three hours now. So, it's... Um, <laughs> If anyone wants to join in for a recording and like view it and listen, you to really it. don't like someone was like, oh, yeah, you guys need to do it live on YouTube. Like, no, 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 no. We're not ready for that. Yeah, no, 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 definitely not. But we'll send out the link if anyone wants to just join in randomly. <laughs> We're going to meet you. It could be, be gmail.com. You can be our next guest. That's if right. You win, if you win a the DraftKings Draft contest, we may let you be a part of the Recording. That's exactly right. If I'm we can saying. identify you, yeah. if we're able to identify you, <laughs> and if you donate all of the proceeds back to the podcast, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're hurt. We're hurting people. We're gonna be on the yeah. side of the road. Oh no! You just wait. It's we, we've got about six months before this thing is gonna absolutely explode. Yeah. We're gonna stop talking to you people. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, again, thanks to our listeners for tuning in. As we always say, please like, subscribe, tell your friends, help us uh, pay some bills. Appreciate it. Cheers, Cheers. boys. Cheers. Take care.